today on Smoking Underground. We smoke an EP Carillo out of the CRA pack and discuss the benefits of the CRA. We talk Cuban cigars. We talk cigars and more, Vitola point system. And for some reason, we discuss business taxes. Join us for that and a little bit more on today's Smoking Underground. Gary, hit it. What's better than having your girlfriend change your flat tire in the middle of the city hood? Smoking Underground. Episode Movie Night. Got a light. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Smoking Underground's new format for podcasts. I'm Devin, and this is Gary. Hello. I hope everyone's doing well today. I hope so. I hope they're doing well, too. And if they're not, well, they come on. Well, they're going to fix them, but get better because of watching the dang show. So, I mean, that'll help. That's right. right. Good heavens, get in a good mood, y'all. Right. So, Thursday on the way to Friday, and we're having smokes tonight on top of that. Man, come on. And, and Devin's drinking some good what? I'm drinking rum tonight, Gary. Flat rum tonight. You know, on the glass. Look at that. Is that, wait a minute, is that about four fingers worth there? Is that right? Uh, that's three. Gary, uh, introduce uh, John real quick, if you don't mind. John, I'll have to, John. This is our producer, John, who disappeared. Oh, man. To have your looks and your money too, I guess. Yeah, right. John's a rich man. You didn't know? He is that. He got it going on. He does. I get this feeling that John's actually like the son of like a multi-billionaire, and he's just kind of slumming it with us. Yeah, to, to yeah. Get some data. That's exactly what it is, right there. You're exactly right. Well, I, I'm uh, kind of excited about the very first show we got going on here. I wasn't expect you know everything to go. Uh, rainy today, but nevertheless, hey, dude, I'm still excited. Yeah, we yeah we picked to smoke something good here, and I'm kind of excited about that as well. Yeah, welcome to the new format, y'all. It's gonna be a good time. I'm hoping it'll be something pretty good tonight. We're smoking something I've actually never smoked before. It's the trick me if I'm wrong here, the Carrillo, yeah, four plus. Yes, is that right? Yes, the EP Carrillo, man. Now, E.P. Carrillo goes back a ways. He goes back a long ways. Now, if, have you ever heard of the cornerstone brand La Gloria Cabana? I've heard of La Gloria Cabana, yeah. La Gloria Cabana, right. Yeah. Well, that particular brand was cornerstone brand of General Cigars. Right. So uh, you got La Gloria Cabana, then you got Cohiba, then you got you know the rest of the, the line that they do make. But the La Gloria Cabana was invented by E.P. Carrillo. Uh, and that's where he made his uh, his name off of that. And so he's Dominican guy, been doing it for a long, long time. Uh, started off independent, went with General Cigars. Now he's gone back independent again. And uh, E.P. Carrillo, puppy right there. Oh. You got the wrong one there, brother. Oh, the wrong one. That's right. We talked about Jaime Garcia that stuck in my mind. Yeah, I'm glad I had one. I'm glad I hadn't cut it yet, so that's good. Let me dig it back out. It's a nice one. It's got a nice brown band on it. Kind of matches the color of the tobacco. Good red, gloss gold. Land, yeah. 
And I already lit mine up, as you could tell. There you go. It's, it's not bad so far from the outset. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, we're going to lock this Dominican puppy up here. I'm excited about it. I will let you know this, of course. Uh, we're going to say uh, this is the EP Carrillo, of course, but I'm going to let you know I smoked one out of the pack. Yeah. I guess it was about two weeks ago. And it was the Alec Bradley Green Label Trilogy Corojo Special. And let me tell you something. Buddy, that thing was good. I mean, tell you, I'm not an Alec Bradley fan, to be frank with you. I really hate. Uh, even Really? Yeah, even though I'm a Honduran, I love Honduran at the back. I don't even know I'm a right. yellow slut. When it comes to, when it comes to uh, Alec Bradley and that special that uh, that he had there, man, yeah. that was tasty. That was really good. The CRA pack is top notch. I mean, this this pack right here is the top of the line if you will, and right. it's got nothing but good stuff in there and a lot of special blend stuff, which is awesome, which is what I did. I mean, how long has this stick been around? Because I don't think I've ever seen it, to be honest. Korea has been around for a while. Yeah, he left, uh, he he basically bailed out and uh, and basically did his own thing, but made a lot of stuff for general in the sense of just the blending of it because he knew what he was doing. He showed himself in La Gloria Cabana, man, and he just branched himself out and really did good. He was sort of, and this is going to sound really wrong, but I don't mean it disrespectful. I just mean it in today's times or in in, uh, in recent times here. He was sort of the A.J. Fernandez of 20 years ago. Now everybody's, you know, going, you know, New World and, 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 um, and all of the uh, A.J. Fernandez type stuff. Well, back then... It was E.P. Korea. It was, oh, La Gloria Cabana. Oh, you got anything else by that? You know, that type of stuff there. But he knows what he's doing. He knows what the heck he's doing. He does it well. He does it good. And I will say, I wish I could find a picture of him. He looks like, yeah, again, this is going to sound wrong, but I don't mean it that way. But, dude, if you looked at the guy, he looks like a hit man. He looks like a hit guy. You know, he's uh, got sort of. Okay. Yeah, he does. I swear, man. I wish I could. I, let me see if I can find a picture of it. Hold on, just a second, man. Yeah, you'll you'll check check this out. This guy's he's just a nice. I've met him a couple of times. Ernesto Perez Carrillo is his name. We call him E.P. E. Carrillo. Say that three uh, times fast. Yeah, I can't. I get tongue bruised. I want you to see this guy's face though. I think that's him right there. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find a good picture of it. Hey, you're good. I'm, uh, this rum, man, this past two weeks, I have just really been enjoying this spiced rum. Kirkland Signature spiced rum. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just smooth. It's nice. It's got enough of a bite to it. I mean, it's not really challenging, so to speak, but it's, uh, it's a good libation. Let me see if I hit the, let me see if I ever. There you go. I feel like I've seen that guy before. Oh, you probably have. But I mean, yeah. I mean he, he looks like he would just tear your head off and just shoot you. you know? Yeah. Uh, to me, he got all of his money from gold bars he stole from people when he was killing people. Right. Right. You know, but God, world's the world's nicest guy. Just a great dude. Uh, seen him at the cigar show several times, and uh, and we'd always talk or whatever else. On my way to uh, Avo Yvesian, of course. And uh, he never would play the piano, but nevertheless. What's Avo Vashian? 
Avo Yavajan, you've heard of the Avo cigar, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's him. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Oh, there you go, John. That's a good picture of him. Good job. John, you still there? Oh, he's there. Oh, he's there. I'm here. I'm just being very quiet. Yeah. Did you smoke anything today, John? Did you enjoy any uh, cigar? Uh, actually, I did take a slight opportunity to have uh, the Oliva V that we discussed having tonight. The EP Carilio is only available in that uh, sampler pack from the CRA through the uh, Cigars and More Vitola Network. So I, I had that. I'm supposed to be doing some work for Harris, but like Harris, he only sent me 50% of the job, and you need the other 50% to do it. So. <laughs> no, he wouldn't do something like that. There's not a pattern. Oh, that that was that was oh Harris is Harris is an as-need guy, you know? Well, I need to learn that when he sends me this stuff to check it to make sure he sends, because this is probably eighth item like this that i got to work on on a spreadsheet. And probably the sixth time he didn't send the other half of the job. Like, I know he's like uh, one of the owners of Cigars and More, but I can't imagine his day is filled constantly with a bunch of other stuff. But he can't stop to complete the thing that he said he's going to give. I just can't imagine there's not an extra five minutes. This one comes down to money, too. Oh, oh, that touched. Well, there, there you go. No, go. Oh, he still failed at it. They're not giving me money, him making money. Oh, ah. well, that doesn't make any sense. I, that, oh. that's called, we're going to call it h lot. That's the reason why John's quiet. There's money involved. Oh, boy. In now. Don't screw with John. And that's how I maintain yeah. that comma in my bank account. Uh, there you are, Joe. He's talking about my wealth. Yes, sir. I'm a member of one comma club. A one comma club. Well, I I've never heard that. I love that. I do too, and I'll be there one day. I just told you. Here's a show. um, Here I am talking TV again. It's about these coders, and one of these guys, he made a bunch of money in software. But then he kept trying to sell these other ideas, and he came across this other guy who made it really big, and he was a member of the three comic club. Not a member of the two yeah. comic club, member yeah. of the three comic club. That's why. And you know what happened? He ended up losing some money, became a member of the two comic, comic club, and that's no good. You can't be a member of the two comic club. you got to be a member of the three comic club. Yeah, they take your jacket away in two comics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Take your jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, do they. Gary, I wanted to ask you about this cigar. I'm getting like a, it's not necessarily a spice. It's more, it's like an undertone, like not Maduro depth, but it's kind of got a depth to it, like a deepness. Uh-huh. I was wondering what you think that is. I mean, it's probably the way, the way he blends his stuff. He's got a dimension on his stuff. I mean, he does. Uh, that's what makes him so good. That's what makes him so uh, such an artesian at what he does. He is, uh, he's very thorough and he's one of the best blenders in the world. And so between the, uh, you know, between the sun grown wrapper on the outside and of course the Dominican on the inside. Yeah. You can trust that, uh, you'll probably get a lot of depth out of this. Not only that, this particular cigar here come out of the CRA pack. So chances are it's probably, it doesn't say it, 
but it's probably a it's probably a special blend of some kind. Oh no, that's just the, that's the way he is, man. He's very very meticulous about what he does. I'm yeah. very pleased with his stuff. I love all of Big Pete Carrillo stuff. Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. It slipped my mind. The one that literally did made number one cigar of the year. Gosh, comes in a purple or blue box or blue background, white box. Man, good, good, good looking stick, man. Gosh, don't I had it. Had You're it talking to oh. Placencia, are you? No, no, no. This is the EP Carrillo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the EP Carrillo was a uh, uh, number one cigar of the year some some years ago. Ticketer box, I was talking about, it's a 10 count box. And that's it. And it's a blue velvet background that it come with. White box, and I can't remember. Uh, it'll come to me here in a minute. But uh, I mean, that's how good his stuff is. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm smoking it, thinking like I want to get a hold of more like this because, as you all who've been listening to the show long enough know that I've kind of gone from like straight Maduro dark to normal average, not average. That's not the right way to say it, but a normal lighter tone. Right, midtone, yeah, uh, you know, sun-grown kind of stuff, and this feels like it's got that Maduro heft to it, but it's also got that nice sun-grown texture. Does that make sense? It does, it does indeed. And yeah, I think probably the binder is probably coming into play there. You know, he's probably a thick binder on this thing that's really tasty. And that's probably probably where you're getting that from right there with the sun girl wrapper giving it a little bit of spice, which I don't taste hardly any at all. I really don't. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not like spice like what you're used to. It's more like a um it, this is gonna sound weird. I'm trying to describe it in the odder terms to kind of describe it in a heft to it. It's gonna weight to it. Yeah. To the yeah. taste that yeah. really brings it out because it's it's a bolder taste to it that's not plain because i've seen dark cigar that'll have this dark flavor to it it's just right it's just really boring yeah and right. this tastes like a sun-grown cigar with the nice heft of a like a triple maduro to it without being you know sticky without being oily it's, it's right there down the center you know yeah i do says i'm a big uh, dominican nut I love Dominican spice. You? Period. Yeah, right. Thoroughly enjoy that stuff, man. When it comes to the good, thick Dominican tobacco, like A.J. Fernandez, like um, the Fuente family, and these guys can blend this stuff to taste just about any which way they want it to taste. Uh, I get a big kick out of A.J. Fernandez because his stuff is Nicaraguan, but I've tasted some of his stuff that tastes like Dominican, and and it threw me off guard. And I'm like, what the heck is that? Is that tobacco? And it's not. It's Nicaragua. Uh, it's because of the what I call the chef. I think what Ralph actually said something like this. Uh, it's not all about the ingredients. It's about the chef. Uh, that's blending the ingredients. You know, that's that's making it. Uh, and these guys are nothing but artisans when it comes to stuff like that. Especially the older ones like this. Man, these guys are something. Carlito Sr., man, I mean, God rest his soul, man. That's going to be one fellow that's going to be missed in the cigar industry because Carlito, of course, took it over. Perdomo, too. Nick Perdomo Sr. Gosh almighty. Uh, his dad, you know, which started the business a long time ago. Even Nick Perdomo today will let you know 
he says, it's not all about me. He said, my dad started everything when it comes to that particular uh, genre back then and uh, grew that particular brand on up to what it is today. But man, to have an artesian the way it is, uh, like uh, E.P. Carrillo and, and uh, the rest of those guys that's older, man, I tell you, those guys got to hang around for a little while. Which they do. They do. They smoke five cigars a day, man. They ain't going to die until about 100, you know, 96, 98. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of um, scotch blending and whiskey mm. blending and whatnot because there's a, a great company called Compass Box that's located in, like, Tennessee, Chattanooga area, something like that. Yeah. And they do, their specialty is blending. And I've got, I think, I think I've got two of their bottles. Or at least I've got one of their bottles. My buddy, Josh, he's got like four or five of their bottles. Good Lord. You know, and um, I can tell you, man, a good blender, is that's that's a master. It's not just yeah. throwing stuff together. And it works It works similarly man, in the true. cigar field. Like 100%, it's, it's something worth your weight in gold to be able to not just have a plain tobacco or one leaf tobacco it's being able to combine things to create a formula that is successful i mean we talk all the time about the uh, the aspects of being able to uh, the aspects i'm sorry of like oh it's a cuban and all and you all three of us share it's like yeah they don't make those anymore and the technology's progressed and the progress has progressed so far past that well, that now you've got things that are better than cubans you know, and it's hard to make people understand that concept because the marketing, honestly, on Cubans is brilliant. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, we talked, uh, about that hitting on just that point right there. And I'll, I'll expand, uh, I'll expand on that stuff here in just a minute, but hitting on that point, that's part of the reason why I don't want to see Cubans legalized when you have a particular standard that you're trying to live up to it's almost impossible to take that standard and knock it down that one thing i i just i can't stand to have that decadence to have that mystique to have that wall and what's behind that wall of saying hey this is better over here this is better over here than anything else over here um because in my opinion and only me if you were to legalize cubans there would be one big, huge cigar boom for about three years, maybe five. After that, it's fair game. Everything else is, you know, going to be common. And then where's your standards after that? Where are they? You know, they're not going to be there. And that's just, that's just my opinion. You know, I think, uh, I think I asked John this, the, you know, as we were talking about a while back, you know, what would happen if Ferrari got bought up by Chevrolet? You know, it, it wouldn't be a Ferrari anymore. It wouldn't be elite. You know, it would be, you know, well, it's now produced on assembly line and now it's emulated. And now here we go. Right. And I look at Cubans the same way. I just don't, I don't want Cubans to be legalized. I like that mystique. I like that standard. The standard is still there. Cuban whatever cuban leaf uh cuban seed uh from pinar del rio or um uh, the corojo and the criollo all of that particular you know blending mystique and marketing out there that's cuban i mean all, all of that in there and not to mention the heritage the heritage is is second to none 
I mean, you have Cuban coffee, you have Cuban sandwiches, Cuban, Cuban coffee. Yeah. Oh, you know? goodness. I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm a coffee connoisseur. Right. Well, I've had that before. Yeah. Ooh, that will put hair on your chest, but I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, just the, the whole flavor. Right. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. My goodness. And, uh, yeah, the Cannonball guys, uh, which we smoked, uh, gosh, mighty, I guess it was around about six months ago. The Cannonball uh, that we had, uh, the Cannonball guys actually were one of our first shows in Trustful. Uh, and they literally brought Cuban coffee with them, you know, and they said, uh, would you like some coffee? And I was like a bobblehead doll. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I sure do. Yes, yeah. Yes. And man, <laughs> oh, Lord of mercy. Man. Whew. You tell me. I'm going to ask this thing. I'm, I'm past the thumbs knuckle on it. Has anybody told you you had a big ash? <laughs> oh, it, what a wild thing. Glass he's got, and you've got to ash it because it's hard to keep that. That stack of dimes right there on that stick and slide it into that glass, isn't it? Yep, that's right. <laughs> hey, you, you ain't joking. Uh, hey, talking talking about being an artist on that, right? So there. you you want to hear a story that happened today, uh, Gary John? Oh, are you kidding? No. Uh, I'm on pins and needles. I'm sorry, I didn't hear John. Was that I said no? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> um. So no joke. I'm sitting there. I'm at work today. I'm sitting there talking to the customer care representative. I'm just sitting in her office talking to her about this, that, and the other. And the owner of the company, uh, he, he walks by, and I'm, I'm guessing he was looking for me because he looked through the window and saw me. And he is not a guy of a lot of words. He's very few words. He doesn't talk that much. Very much an introvert. And he walks in because he just got back from vacation with his wife somewhere. I don't remember where he went. He oh, walked like over. He hands me this uh, Cohiba Maduro that's this big. Ooh. And uh, his son, who you guys all know, and I'm like, thanks, man. And then, you know, time passes. I go back to my office or go back to my production department. And I sit down and his son, who you all know, uh, he walks he walks in and then he puts this giant $120 Cohiba in a in an aluminum thing. All the thing is, bam, look what my dad got me. And then I pull up the small and I went, <laughs> I think he was uh, spreading the love because he knows we're the cigar guys in the office. And I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, I didn't expect him to buy me one like that, but the little small one was a nice gesture. I don't know. I, you know, what's funny is I've never really gotten much into Cohiba. You know, it's funny you should say that. I haven't either. It's the most probably the well-known, you know, Cuban uh, brand out there. You know, it's. Uh, everybody wants a Cohiba whenever they go to Cuba or if they go to Cuba or if somebody bring you back cigars, bring me back a Cohiba or if you get given a Cohiba, it's like, oh, this is awesome. You know, Cohiba, of course, the reason for the Cohiba name is that's what Castro smoked. That's what he smoked. So Cohiba made, was made big along that line. Everybody's got to have a Cohiba, which is cool, but I'm a Bolivar fan. I love Bolivars. We got we got to separate uh, Castro from Cohiba. That's the yeah, right. God, yes. And uh, I want to say cheers to uh, I want to say cheers to John for setting all this up and getting us over to the uh, podcast format. Always doing a delectable job. Delect that is a good. You just won ten points for that. God, I am always messed. He goes over freaking beyond, man. I was going to comment on your Cuban yeah. conversation there. Certainly. I believe the Cigar Authority within the last month commented or had a segment on uh, what if we brought if Cuban cigars were legalized. And unfortunately, I can't remember 
any of their points and lots of luck trying to Google legalized Cuban cigars, etc. They were totally against it also. Um, that it would oh, really? destroy the Cuban economy. It would hurt, actually, the Cuban workers. There would just be a huge repercussions. And I can't remember if it was destroying the Cuban cigar mystique or we all know that I'm not a big Cuban fan. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I know, I know, Gary, your, your opinion on it like that, but at some point it's going to happen and it's going to change the face of everything. And they're going to have some growing pains in the beginning, the Cuban, the Cuban nation. But yeah. I think if, if properly managed, they could corner the market. They could really be like, bam, we are still number one. They could just, even if they aren't actually number one, according to our opinion, yeah. but they could still use that marketing to say, we are still number one. And this is why we're better than even them and all, you know, stuff like that. Like they could just really try to lean into that as hard as they can. The, 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 the culture behind it, everything like that. I the mean, public won't believe it, it because my biggest complaint on Cuban cigars is they're Cuban. They, what, what, okay. <laughs> what a communist, I can see where John's going. We, right. No, I just, I'm trying to struggle to understand what you mean. Not, not that it's actually. Um, no, they're Cuban. And if you go to just about any other cigar, it's Dominican and Ecuador, or it's Brazilian and Peruvian tobaccos and other Oh, well, I guess if you stay in the select tobacco range, they're Peruvian. They're the only people that buy Peruvian cigar parts, tobacco. There's blends of all these other tobaccos from around the world. Or Cuban cigars, Cuban tobacco. And granted, maybe Chicago, Cuba, tobacco is a little bit different than New York, Cuba. I don't know any cities in Cuba other than Havana. It's still all grown within this... 80 square mile region of the world and there can't there's not going to be a lot of flavor differences in that it's going to be just smoking a boring tobacco right right they're not and as a workplace I, I don't get any pop or excitement out of it never have and i mentioned the other day and i got the review that uh, i talked to somebody who had this box of cuban monte cristo seven grand for a box Jeez. And yeah. 20, 25 cigars, and they were Robustos. And he smoked one, and it was horrible. And his buddy said, no, you got to smoke a little bit beyond the first half inch or so. Because that's all he smoked. So this time he smoked the whole cigar. And he goes, did, did it get better? So not all Cuban cigars are good. Right. Even today I was listening to another podcast with uh, Jerry Seinfeld on it, and he was smoking a... Um, Hoyo de Monterey Elegante uh, Churchill, number four of cigar, the cigar aficionados list. And he had some complaints about it. It was given to him because of a contract or performance he did. It's all said on the podcast, so I can say that. It's not like Jerry called me up and told me about it. Right. <laughs> but, you know, when, when Jerry calls me, we talk cars. There you go, baby. Right there's on there's there. that millionaire status. That's about. exactly right. That's right. Comma club. club. That's right. And I have a sound clip, a sound clip for the three cop. I don't know. I mean, you got, you've got that, I guess that base point that you made there being, being Cuban and everything. 
but there's there's several people out there just won't touch Cubans because it's or don't want anything to do with Cuba because of the communist uh, regime. But uh, the, well, the politics are changing in Cuba. Yeah, Mike Evans yeah. said eventually, well, be you know they'll be able to buy a new cars. Yeah, but here's here's the thing about Cuba that a lot of people don't know, and I'm 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 gonna level this with you, is that Cuba's is government ran, and uh, there is a similarity between their government and our government, in my opinion. Anything government ran, in the sense of down in in Cuba, down there, is not good. It's not good at all. It's just not. The many connoisseurs out there, and you can ask somebody that knows what they're talking about, that knows Cubans, will let you know that about one out of every three or four are going to smoke good because of the quality, the quality control. There is none. As long as they pack it, as long as it looks good, as long as that tobacco sells, that's all they want. Right. And, of course, you know, we're we're number two in the economy as far as Cuban cigar uh, purchasing goes, yeah. uh, which is pretty high, uh, especially when they're illegal here. Yeah, it's akin to the drug trade, honestly. Cause yeah, you're. I say you're good. Oh, it's great. Don't give a shit. Good right here. Freaking point, man. You're still looking at government saying, "Hey, man, forget this," because they got a factory over in Switzerland, um, as well as down in Cuba, obviously. But the the fact is, is they they've got to have demand, you know, and uh, but but. Cuba, with their government, they, they, that you know, if there ain't nothing good comes out of that, not a thing. And they're going to rule it until the day somebody knocks this bunch off down there yeah. and, and it takes over, right. you know, I, I, which democracy is nowhere in sight. I, I hope one day in our lifetime that we see a shift. Um, yeah, it would be interesting. It would be. It would be because, yep. you know, as John is, is wonderful to keep up with the legislation and all the stuff that goes on with cigars. Right, right. That is going to be a big thing that's going to hit home Phew. when that finally unlocks. And, uh, you know, the great thing about the politics and everything behind it is this cigar comes in one of those packs that the funds help go to support the legislation for cigar smokers. And tell us a little bit about that pack. CRA Pack, uh, Cigar Rights of America. Uh, Cigar Rights of America was born around about 10 years ago. Uh, and it was a bunch of proprietors that literally got together uh, and and was sick and tired of throwing money at lobbyists out there. And that was their own money trying to uh, substantiate some type of a leverage um, through our Congress and Senate to try to get, try to keep cigar tobacco from being taxed from the biggest hill. And they, they decided to say, Hey, listen, you know what? Let's, let's create the CRA. It's basically funded by the, you got was people like Nick Perdomo, Rock Patel, the Fuentes, all of those guys, uh, that were putting front money up, trying to keep the, the government off their backs, uh, and said, well, let's just try something. And they did, and they created this pack, and all of these proceeds that go to it, uh, that goes to to fight all of this junk that goes on that all of the the government's trying to to throw at us as far as cigar smokers go and cigar proprietors go. You got Harris, uh, who keeps his ear to the ground in a big, big way. He he will always 
uh, have an update. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, another one too, uh, who was real big at it, uh, is, uh, oh, what is that guy's name? That Tuscaloosa down there. Dang, man. I mean, I, I knew it just like your name, Eric. Mike Rich. Uh, I mean, Devin. Who's that? Are you talking about R&R? Yeah. R&R. Yeah. Reagan. Reagan. Reagan, yep. Yeah, Reagan. Reagan, well, Reagan's got a, a degree in law anyway. But Reagan and Harris, basically, they're 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 pretty good at odds. They they hit heads a lot of the time. But when it comes to when it comes to going down to Montgomery, they'll ride together. I mean, I'm not saying that literally, but I mean I'm just saying, dude, they're on board because they know what they're dealing with. Uh and if you let the government have a leg up or or some type of a of a crowbar to get money out of whatever it may be, which of course John, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I mean, they're looking at uh, banning this stuff going over the state line now. That's going to start pinching people. Now, the retailer is going to like it, but all that is is just a step in the direction to come after the retailers after that. It's uh, it's all a game. And man, I'm telling you, it's how much money you want to throw at it, throw at it. It's all who's got the biggest uh, back. Here's your word. Here's your word. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, and that's, that's what just gets so old is because it's almost a, it's almost like a yearly dues you're having to pay to the government to say, hey, listen, we're going to give you this much money. Leave us alone. And the government just, uh, you know, puts it in their pocket and goes, okay, all right, we'll see you next year. Yeah, I uh, went to uh, I went to a store with a friend of mine today. It was not a cigar shop. It was the opposite of a cigar shop. Uh, head shop? And, yeah, something like yeah. that. He was mentioning how he was trying to uh, put a few cigars in his shop, and he purchased from this company. I don't remember what it was. He forgot to like pay taxes that equaled up to like eighteen bucks, and they did an audit on him for it. And he told me they try they find him ten thousand dollars. They took the ten thousand dollars worth of cigars out of his, you know, humidor that he made just for the shop. And then he advocated down to five thousand, and he still hasn't paid it. And I'm like, over eighteen dollars of tax that he didn't pay. He goes, and it and it didn't have to do with any of the other products he sold on no. base cigars. Oh. And I went, I didn't tell him at the time. Obviously, the stuff that we know about it, but it it sounded akin to it. it sounded very akin to the kind of stuff that John informs us about all the time. That's that's sad. That's sad. Do you think there's a link there, John? No. I think that's just, I want to say, poor bookkeeping. I look at it more as a, I look at it more as tax evasion as opposed to uh, something to do with regulatory concerns and changing of taxes and that. You know, and I, I, I could see that. I could, I, I could totally see that after meeting this guy, because he goes, he even mentioned that kind of stuff. He's like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe it's an oversight on my part, and I'm like. Okay, I'm just going to believe you because I got no reason not to and I don't care. I mean, it's a common thing and depending, you know, how long this guy's been in business and things like that. If it's just a few year old business, it's real easy to fall behind on your taxes. Because when you're you're running a business, you pay taxes. What is it? It's every, every three months on the 15th, January 15th. April 15th, July 15th, June 15th. 
Oh, really? You know, <laughs> as a business, you've got to pay, and and it's an estimated tax. And yeah, you might get some back, but it's based on previous year's receipts. Right. And that first year's tough if you don't have previous year's receipts. Right. And a lot of small businesses, you know, I'll, I'll just pay my taxes and they'll do it on April 15th. And you can get away with that if you're up. You know, not doing fifty grand a year, thirty grand a year, because you'll just pay a slight penalty for underpayment of taxes. You know, when you go to file, it's if you're getting into, you know, a six-figure club, um, you those ta- those penalties catch up, and the IRS starts watching. So I I don't I would not blame that on the tobacco taxes or anything that's just probably learning curve as well right yeah i was just thinking about the i was thinking about the extremity of that to stay you know to stay ahead of that i mean 15 18 bucks next thing you know you have a ten thousand dollar fine that's the only thing i was looking at i so i can sort of see the uh the oversight you know on the on the on the guy's part i can but you know, for the government to come in and just do and and put a freaking hammer on a fly, you know, it, it to me it was just kind of senseless. You know, I'd have hit him with a five hundred dollar fine and move on about my business. But you know, of course, I'm not. Sometimes them. it's not the guy. Sometimes it's his financial advisor or something. Again, I don't want to point fingers, but uh, you know, look look at all these Hollywood celebrities that it you know get in trouble for tax evasion. Most of them don't have a clue. They're paying people to handle their money, and their people are running away with their money or not ha- mismanaging it. Or, or living in California. Well, there there's lots of factors. So, I, I mean, I'm dwelling on it, but it, yeah, there's a lot of things that can happen. Heck, even a, a mismanagement of funds, Usain Bolt was approached recently. Is that right? And uh, he, it wasn't about tax evasion, but... They were talking about, and he was talking to him. Somebody, I can't remember, it was a reporter or something, approached him and asked him how he was planning for his retirement. He goes, oh, that's fine. I got plenty of money. And they said, no, you only have $2,000. And he goes, you know what? You know, all the millions he made were stolen by his accountants. Whoa. You know, he just thought he had all this money in the world, all this money in the world, and then all of a sudden checks start bouncing away. You know what? Oh, and you, know, you find out Bernie Madoff was handling your money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you invest in Enron. You shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, oh, so that's where my money went. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's right. All right. What's that? What's that new one that just went bankrupt? I can't. No, I, I was you're talking about the the cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where that it's some young kid, and you're looking at it going. This young kid didn't do nothing. He was the front man for all that. Now, and see, I sit there and I look at it, and you have to be an idiot to invest uh, with a twenty-year-old that has a multi-billion-dollar company. You know, and when he is sixteen, he didn't really have much. Yeah, he, he was from a wealthy family, but when you make that much money that fast at that age, with zero world knowledge, business knowledge, street smarts. Something's gonna hit the fan. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, you know, he's gonna go to prison and he's gonna be in trouble for it. But I really do question how much of he wasn't a complete idiot. But I wonder how much of it was not being knowledgeable. 
because the accounting practices there were horrendous. I think I read somewhere that their daily meal stipend was $200 per employee. Good Lord. And somebody checked the most expensive thing you could order on DoorDash to have delivered to their office was like $76. And it was some steak dinner. Lobster. So you've got to spend, buy two of those to hit your lunch stipend. So there were no financial measures and control, and nobody hired that was responsible. And if somebody was hired that was responsible, and they went to him and said, hey, you've got a problem here. And he said, forget it. That responsible person would have went to another responsible person. Not just, oh, okay, whatever you you say, boss. Yeah, yeah. To me, that, that company was just like riding the money train, enjoying their their time with all that kind of money and just wait until the end. And that, that's, that's basically what Rogan said. He was, uh, you know, they, they, he, Rogan interviewed some folks that knew a little bit of insight on it. And literally that's about the way it was from the way that they talk. What? Yeah. It's the way a lot of those people are. He just did it at a level that very, very few get to. And at an age that very, very few don't, don't get to it, you know, at 20 years old. But, you know, there's a whole television series on MSNBC called Greed that talks about, you know, it's on almost every night. So there's got to be at least 360 people that, uh, you know, have committed fraud. <laughs> people don't admit the fraud. What are you talking about, John? Uh, they're, honorable. they're not, they're not trying to be the most biggest comma holders as they can. They're just, everybody's just trying to make what they need, John. That's, that's how the world works. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The one comma club, the one comma club, right? We're we're the zero comma club. I'm in the zero comma club. Trust me. I am. I'm in the decimal club. (laughs) God. Yeah. Right. Hey, I'm uh, trying to get to the two comma club, but it's going to start with a minus sign. But mine's probably going to end with a minus sign. Yeah. I'm going to spend a million dollars. Who cares about making it? I'm just going to yeah. spend it. Woo! Uh, make it rain, baby. Make it rain. The bankruptcy club, the double zero. There you go. God. I need to get me one of them dollar bill guns. <laughs> you should. You should get your thumb bucks. Yeah, yeah. Instead of smoke being around you in your uh, in your thing right there, it's all money. Right? Yes, money moving around. Well, that's how I got my green screen. I weaved hundred dollar bills together. Oh, uh, there we are. Yeah, oh, it's nice. I'll be over shortly, Doug. Dang, nice too. Well, good deal. Uh, well, so we've got the uh, the pack now. Do we have a general price range on the, the pack nowadays that's out? Yeah, it's one currently on the shelf is $196. There you go. Now, you now, would you say that the cigars in that pack are, like, you buy it, you're getting more than what that's worth? No. No. I, th- I think it is a slightly discounted price. I don't think it's the discount it used to be. Right. The pack used to be $99. Yeah. And you've got about $150 worth of cigars 
Yeah, I don't think yeah. the cigars are changed. Yeah, right. I believe yeah. the prices went up. But if you were to buy all of those cigars Ooh. off the shelf, you're probably buying that pack at a five to ten percent discount. Yeah, which is keep in mind where the money's going. Right. It, you know? It's worth your time to save up, and I know it sounds weird, but invest in that pack as opposed to buying those separately because. The cigars in the pack are pretty decent. They're not yeah. they're not trench cigars. They're not the lowest of the low. I mean, like the pack that I had was uh, it had a diamond crown in it. For God's sakes, I mean, uh, well, there's some good yeah. solid cigars in there, and you're talking upper teens, low twenties for most of those cigars, right? Especially after the prices and price increases we're going to see this year. I don't think the same value's there, but you're not buying that cigar pack for the value. You're buying that cigar pack for the benefit of the hobby. Well, I would I would agree with you in that aspect. At the same time, it needs to have some kind of value to it. And if it is bought separately, but buy them together like that, it's five to ten percent less. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. And if I, some of those are, are premium cigars, then, you know, the Cigars and More family does not discount certain premium cigars. So, matter right. it's a box discount or the buy 10 sticks get, you know, 10 or 5% off deal. Right, right, exactly. Uh, and then on top of that, if you apply the logic that we always like to have, which is whenever you buy a new stick, buy two. Um, personally, I know most people can't swing this, but buy two of those packs. Then you've got two of each one of those cigars, and you can enjoy it. But I know that's a big investment for a lot of people. Uh, the great thing about cigars and more is they have the point system, which is free to sign up for. Ooh, ooh, and yeah. I, I had a guy, no joke, y'all. I had a guy come in the store. He was like, what's my point total? Uh, and I looked at it, and he was at like 4000 and a half or something. Ooh. And I was like, geez, dude, you're going to spend these? Like, no, I'm going to let him save up. Like, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. boo boo that's it yeah heck yeah yeah that's uh yeah there's a lot of folks out there like that i say a lot there's not too many but i mean there's there's some folks out there man that have no idea how many totals they have but yeah when you when you hit them up with that right there we used to have a guy come in and i think it was god who was that that was uh it was i think it was i think it was and Ward just kept racking up the points racking them up and next thing you know uh, he ended up having like 11,000. I mean, it, and you're going, dude, you know how many points you got? And he's like, well, let's start using them. I said, okay. Yeah, well, let's pick me and you something out. How about that? And that's well, that's what happens a lot is the guys that rack up that have money and they don't want to deal with stupid, trivial things. That's correct. But that's I like that. But yeah. it's stupid, trivial. I don't care about the points. It's, you know, this and that. I'm going to get 25 bucks off. But then all of a sudden, I mean, I've pulled up one that had 19,000 points and I pulled up one that had 24,000 points. And the guy goes, well, what do I get for 24,000 points? I don't know what that means. The store? <laughs> Anything you want? Well, you get a locker. You get, if you, I think if you spend, you get to earn 2,000 points a year or 4,000 points a year, you get a free locker if you ask for it. If you about that. Uh, and that, doesn't, cost, if you that doesn't count against right. your points either. Right. You're not it. They just give it to you. I can't tell you if you ask for it because you got to ask for it. Don't 
Oh yeah, you yeah, can yeah. ask for it, and like I said, but they're not going to charge you any points to get it. It's right. it's one of those hidden perks that go to the people that are because that's spending four thousand dollars a year on cigars. But you tell these guys, and you go, well, you've got nineteen thousand points. If you spend a thousand, you can spend a thousand at a time. We spend two thousand at a time. We'll knock a hundred bucks off, and okay. And, uh, and there are guys that are buying five hundred dollars at a time. So okay, take a hundred bucks off. Take a hundred bucks off, and then they just whittle them down to zero. But you know they spend spend two thousand earn four hundred. Spend two thousand earn four hundred. So you know they're losing sixteen hundred at a time. It's it's hard. To, it's hard to spend them all. Yeah, I'd agree. And I will have to. Point. You should probably include that in your will. Because we've had people pass, yes. and I don't know what happened to us. I've looked, I've looked up some of the customers that have passed, and they're still in the system with points. Oh, oh man. Oh. Well, I mean, a, a good charitable thing we might do, I mean, I don't think it would fly with anybody, but, like, you kind of use his points to buy people cigars for the memoriam. Like, when when Doc passed, I, I don't know whatever happened to any of his points. Uh, I think he used them all before any of that anyway, but... It would be nice to have like Miss So and So passes away. We're gonna have a uh, a nice uh, Friday night dedicated to him, and we're gonna use up all his points to buy cigars for everybody in the shop until they're they're gone. Well, you would have to put that in the policy when people sign up as a right. terms and conditions. Sure. Otherwise, if an estate lawyer did come in and say, "Well, where did John's eighteen thousand points go?" And, you know, well, we used him for a, you know, memorial. It, well, you can't do that. You owe us, what would that be, $900. Right. I, I wonder if Harrison's got anything in there about that, because he really should. That should be a safeguard, because he's a bit there. in the butt with it. Yeah. I probably shouldn't say it on the show, and I might not, but right. <laughs> I deleted that he probably has no terms and conditions. Right. Well... This has been a great show, y'all. I appreciate uh, us hanging around. I don't know if we've got any more else to talk about. No. It was absolutely not what we were supposed to talk about. I'm... No, it, it turned into <laughs> something else, didn't it? I think uh, we'll, we'll we'll probably get close to ending it here. I appreciate everybody uh, being here today. Again, John, thank you for all the hard work you do. This is uh, a new phase. Be wrong. Underground. Uh, we've got a logo. Remember to check out smokingunderground.com and to do us a big favor, check us out. Make sure to leave comments either on YouTube, send us some emails, things you'd like to listen to, talk about, anything you want to say. You're more than willing to take that kind of stuff. Without further ado, unless you guys have got anything else to mention, I think we'll we'll sign off here. I think we're good. All right, everybody. We're good. Thank you for uh, listening to Smoking Underground Podcast. This has been a wonderful treat and a new season, so to speak, for us. And we'll see you on the next exciting adventure of Smoking Underground. Sounds good. Y'all be safe.